Welcome to the Sunday Soother Advice Cast, a podcast that takes your dilemmas and gives you insightful advice about how to get to know yourself better and live life in a more meaningful way. I'm your host, Katherine Andrews, a writer and holistic personal development coach and author of the Sunday Soother newsletter. Here, I'll take your questions, reframe your narratives, and give you actionable advice that I promise you will actually have you thinking about how to do things in a different way. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Sunday Soother. Today, we have two questions on dating, intimacy, romance, trust, anxiety. It's a wild ride. First, though, remember that you can always submit your questions at tinyletter.com slash candrews or find me on Instagram and the link to submit questions there. I am Katherine Andrews on Instagram. And this is the very last episode of the first season of the Sunday Seether Advice Cast. I did it, guys. I made a podcast. So proud of myself. Um, it's been a really wonderful season. I've heard so much from many of the listeners out there. And I thank you to everybody who submitted their questions or whoever wrote me with any sort of feedback. It means the world to me. And I'm really excited to continue with this. Um, Season two will be coming down the pike. So stay tuned to the end of the podcast to hear about uh, details about that. Anyways, let's get to the questions. We have two today that are on the same theme. So I am addressing them together. This is the first question. Can you speak more on relationships? Are you dating? How much should you listen to your gut while dating in a relationship? How do you distinguish between reasonable concerns and worries and just being afraid to be hurt so you look for any red flags possible? I was in a serious relationship, one in which many white lies cropped up. I finally broke up with him when I just couldn't trust him. However, he is still in my life saying he wants to work on things, yet he takes no responsibility for the issues. I am also dating others casually. This experience has really hurt my ability to trust both him and others. So this is the second question. I generally think of myself as being highly intuitive when it comes to relationships and friendships. But lately, after my first stint into the online dating world, I'm starting to experience anxiety and I'm having a hard time discerning my anxiety from my intuition. Any thoughts about how to differentiate the two? Okay, well, thank you both so much for those questions. And I think you can see why I'm addressing these together. They are on the same lines of anxiety, intuition, dating, intimacy, all that sort of good stuff. And how do you sort of develop that and be your own self while you're still out there interacting with other people in a very vulnerable way in this world. So my story is I am currently dating casually. I was seeing somebody exclusively for about six or seven months, but we broke up in the spring. And if you go back to the first episode of this podcast, which is about a reader who uh, wrote in about being single at age 38, you can hear a lot more of my story and sort of my background in dating. But um, I mean, the short, a short version, an important thing to know is that I had a very traumatic breakup when I was 27. It was a six year long relationship. And it really kind of it messed with me in a big way. And in such a serious way, I, I do think actually, I, I got PTSD from it. And I didn't really realize that until several years later. So yeah, you can get really triggered by dating if you've had very sort of previously difficult experiences in your body and your mind is going to sort of associate dating with potential threats again, right? So it can be hard to get back in there in a way where you feel like you're on solid ground with who you are and and what you want and other people. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and give some advice. I think I believe both of these listeners are straight women dating straight men. And I'm a straight white woman dating straight men. Um, My apologies if that's not the case for the readers. But that's my perspective that I'll be talking from today. Um, The first thing is, you know, men are not sending us their best people right now. I think men are in a crisis of vulnerability today and connection. Um, They are victims of 
uh, toxic masculinity and the patriarchy, um, you know, as much as anybody else in a lot of ways. And many men have been raised to not be able to access or express their vulnerability. And romance is one of the strongest areas where you cannot create a truly, uh, you know, a truly romantic, strong relationship without being vulnerable with one another. So I don't think men are doing a great job accessing that today. And it can make them seem very distant or, bring up issues in terms of their honesty or their commitment or not wanting to commit or feeling like women are needy or, you know, all sorts of things. It's such a generalization. I know that it's not true. I know there are many wonderful men out there who are in great relationships and are great partners, but um, it's sort of a theme that I see. I definitely encourage folks out there to join the Forever 35 dating subgroup on Facebook and you'll get a lot of support in there and a lot of good thinking and advice. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of stories out there of women dealing with exactly the same things that these two readers brought up. Um, But in terms of actual advice, even if men are not sending us their best people, there are things I think we can all do. Um, First, I would read the book Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love. According to this book, there's a general theory that we develop based on our childhoods and the way we were parented, a particular attachment style, one of three. And this is the book's description. Adult romantic partnerships have patterns similar to those one has as a child with one's parents. Our individual attachment styles are thus hardwired into our brains. Focusing on the three main attachment styles, secure, anxious, and avoidant, the authors explain the biological facts behind our relationship needs, teach readers how to identify their own and loved ones' attachment styles, and warn of the emotional price of connecting with someone with drastically different intimacy needs. So these are the three short, short descriptions of the three main ones. Secure attachment styles, people are pretty comfortable with intimacy and they're warm and loving, stable, they're not playing games, you know, they're not dramatic. People with anxious attachment styles generally super crave intimacy. They're often thinking about their relationships a lot, worrying about if their partner truly loves them, uh, might withdraw during conflict or get jealous and worried easily. And people with avoidant attachment styles can equate intimacy with loss of independence. Um, Oops, I'm sorry, that's anxious. I'm moving on to avoidance super fast. The third one is avoidant. And um, people who have avoidant attachment styles, um, this is where they equate intimacy with loss of independence. They might try to minimize closeness. If they're avoidant, they might not feel like they're ready to commit or focus on small imperfections in their partners. You know, really kind of freak out when they think that people are trying to infringe on their independence, and uh, generally think being in a relationship might tie them down too much, and, and so they're not able to pursue other goals. So, reading the book will give you insights into what your attachment style might be, and give you clues for other people's attachment styles that you're dating. And I heard it like this once: um, Esther Perel, who's an amazing sex and relationship therapist, and has like the best podcast called "Where Shall We Begin." Um, I heard her explain it like this once in terms of how you might develop one of these attachment styles as a child. Think of yourself as a child on a playground and you know, you're like walking, I don't know, maybe like three or four. So you're like walking around and exploring and you decide to explore a little further and you're walking out there and for secure people, you look back and your parent is there. They're watching you on the bench and they wave and they say, Hey, I'm still here. Keep going. And you know that if you keep going, they're still there. They're there to run back to, but they're encouraging you to explore also, right? They're not sort of holding you back or freaking out about that you're going too far. Okay, so that's one way you could develop a secure 
attachment style. If your parent um, was somebody like, say, you're out there exploiting the playground and you fall down or you look back and they're not there or they ignore you when you fall and cry, you know, that can really trigger some anxious attachment issues in you, right? Because you learn that somebody is not going to be there to, um, to help you when you need it. An avoidant, you may have the parent who is like, don't go too far. Don't go too far. I'm coming after you. Like, I'm going to hold your hand while you walk in this playground. Like, oh my God, don't go over this particular bridge. So like, that's the sort of like parent who is like a little smothering when you're trying to develop your independence and explore as a person. So think about your parenting experience and like if any of those resonate with you and then read the book, figure out your attachment style, and it'll also give you clues for other people. Okay, so that's like the first piece of advice. The second, I would really, we intellectualize dating so much and we like turn around these stories here and there in our mind and we text about words and what people said. We do not turn into our bodies. Um, you know, if you're getting anxious when dating and you're looking to reclaim your intuition, you need to figure out, is something short-circuiting my body in terms of anxiety here? And like, how do I really get back in touch with my body and what it's trying to tell me? So before a date, you could just do a check-in with your body. Sometimes I say things to my body. I'm like, body, you're safe right now. This date's going to be fun. Or I'll, you know, just try to listen for my breathing or sort of figure out generally, like, not how do I feel in my mind or my heart, but like, how does my body feel? You know, what are the clues it's giving off that it feels comfortable or that it feels nervous? So a lot of this is about security, and I really recommend... Um, doing root chakra meditations, because your root chakra, whether or not you believe in the chakra system, doing root chakra, excuse me, root chakra meditations will really help you feel grounded and secure and in your own body, right? And that's something that is really useful for when dating. Um, You know, dating is so hard because it's all about like, you're checking in externally on other people and like what they're thinking often. And so, so too rarely do we check in with ourselves and how are we actually feeling, right? So consider doing some root chakra meditations. Um, also consider doing some heart openers in terms of yoga classes. There's lots of heart opening yoga flows online. Um, and that's just a sense to like open your heart and get a little more connected to your feelings with your own heart and your own emotions and the way you deal in emotions with other people. A third piece of advice. So I really think dating can be really hard because, again, it's going back to the external, like, we're checking in on other people. Like, what are they doing? Are they thinking about me? Like, looking to them for cues. Like, should I, is this person, like, giving me a sign? Are they saying something? Like, what what are they thinking? So rarely are we checking with ourselves. And that's a lot of the time, I think we don't actually really know ourselves. And if you don't know yourself or your own wants... You can't really know your desires. So you end up looking to other people to sort of confirm it. So, you know, I'm a big believer in meditation, silent meditation, morning pages, journaling, alone time, and really checking in with yourself during these alone times, right? Like, what are you learning about yourself? I always think of this in terms of like myself, in terms of this with relations to other people. I try to think of myself as a tree and a tree who is well rooted and well grounded and doing their thing is not like grasping to the other tree next to it to check in on if it's doing well, right? Like that tree, a tree that's doing that is not healthy. It does not have healthy roots. It's trying to like lean too much on the other tree or, you know, get, I guess, nutrients or whatever from the other tree. So 
you can have two healthy trees next to each other, but they each have their own strong and healthy roots. And they have focused on being themselves in the world. So, you know, are you checking in with your intuition? Are you having alone time? Do you know what you like? You know, I think some important things to do are take stock and note a time when you felt like really relaxed and happy and write down five ways your body felt in that moment and five ways your mind felt in that moment. And keep that list around and check on it during dates or during romantic encounters. Um, You know, if your body is like going haywire or like really far away from those things where you know you feel happy and secure, then something's going on. Whether it's, you know, that you are really sensing something wrong with this other person or if you're just, you know, having these sort of um, issues where you feel like you're a little afraid, about to be traumatized, something bad could happen, right? So the more you work on like rooting yourself and understanding yourself and what it takes to feel secure and happy, that's going to spill over into dating because you'll have a true sense of when you feel really comfortable and relaxed with a person that you generally genuinely like. Fourth, all you got to do is ask at the end of the date, maybe the next morning, do I want to see that person again? Like literally that's it. We immediately like jump so far ahead in terms of relationships. We're like, oh my God, am I going to marry this person? Like, or we're going to be like, what would our kids look like? I hope his mom's cool. <laughs> you know, like take it step by step. Do you want to see him or her one more time? And if so, then like reach out and ask. And I don't know. I wrote this like post on Instagram. You know, there was so many memes, so many illustrations. It's all great. But it was like... If the person likes you, you'll know. If they don't, you'll feel confused. And that's really sort of all you need to know about interacting with the person. But you got to ask yourself, do I want to see them again? You know, really ask yourself and really listen to the answer. Fifth, I mean, this is like, I don't mean to be prescriptive or judgy about this, but I really think it's important not to drink more than well, at all. If you don't want to drink more than one or two drinks, especially on your first date. It's totally normal. One, our dating culture is saturated in alcohol. And like, it could be really weird or hard to say like, oh, I'm not drinking on this very first date. But, you know, we get nervous and a lot of us turn to alcohol to calm down our nervous systems. But it also totally like obliterates our judgment. And, you know, four drinks in, we think we're like in love with this person. You know, we've talked to them for like three hours and we're making out with them. And the next day we're like, did I even like that person? Like... So I would definitely keep the first date, even if it's going really, really well, keep it short, keep it like 45 minutes, an hour. If it's going badly, you know, just have one drink or coffee and say, oh, this has been so nice to meet you, but I got to get going, Um, you know, take care (laughs) and then peace out of there. Um, And I'd also keep, even if you're liking this person and wanting to see them again, I would keep the first two to three, even four dates pretty short in the one to two hour range. Because again, like just take your time. You know, you do not have to figure out everything in the first few dates. You're getting to know each other. You cannot really get to know each other. Like if you've had too much to drink or if you're like going into like love hormone central and you have like a six hour date and you think this person's like amazing. You know, sometimes it happens and it's great. Like, you know, be your own judge about if it feels like a good thing you want to do, but there was being measured and slow will 100% serve you in knowing your intuition about dating better because it doesn't feel like you have to rush. It doesn't feel like you're getting to know this person 
like in a really intense, fast, intimate way. Because, you know, I find those where you get like totally intimate and fast and like bonded within the first three dates, like those relationships almost never work out, right? Like take it slow for you, not because like you need to be some Puritan about it or whatever, like just be measured and be checking in with yourself throughout the dating. And finally, my last piece of advice is, this is hard, but don't worry. Men are like buses. <laughs> they are coming along like all the time. I used to freak out about this constantly, especially as I've aged and I'm 39 now. I was like, oh my God, like who's going to date me? There's like no pool out there. Everybody's married. There's, there's folks, there's folks. There's lots of people who are your age and single. There are lots of people who have never been in a relationship. There are lots of people who have been single for a really long time. There are lots of people who are worried about all the same things you're worried about, right? We just don't talk about it because we try to play it cool so often in society. But we are all out there doing our thing. And there are lots of people in these dating situations. And so it's important to find a safe space, like whether it's a Facebook group or a group of friends, to know you're not alone. You don't have to rush, right? Like, take your time. That's the best piece of advice I can give to anybody to know themselves in terms of dating, and look in look inwards and not externally, right? So to recap, check this book out, the attached um, the science of attachment and see if anything in there resonates with you and try to learn your own dating style and then learn um, how you can figure out other people's likely potential sort of attachment style. Um, you know, check in with your body before, during, and after a date? Like, what sort of signs is your body sending you? Is it relaxed? Is it tense? Like, are you not breathing? Are you sort of um, just not feeling good? Make sure you're talking to your body before, during, and after. You know, make sure you're turning into alone time, intuition, meditation, morning pages, you know, because you're not going to be able to find somebody who's really great for you to date if you don't really know who you are and what you want out of a relationship. And, tuning into yourself and getting to know yourself like you would get to know anybody else is a critical step in that. Fourth, remember, check in, like the simple question, do I want to see this person again? That's all you need to know. See them one more time, go on one more date. Next, try to keep the alcohol to a minimum, not because I'm like a Puritan, like it's fun to go out there. But if you're like questioning your intuition and your ability to really sort of know if you want to see another person again, Alcohol can totally cloud that. And, you know, you're trying to figure out, can you really connect with this person? So it's best to just keep it like short, simple, one to two drinks, and then keep the next few dates also sort of short and simple. And just try to like really gauge the connection there without sort of rushing into anything or drinking too much or anything like that. And yeah, just find your group, find your friends. There's lots of people out there in your same situation. I'm one of them tons of readers of my newsletter and listeners of this podcast are one of them, both men and women, you know, we're all sort of struggling with this issue. And people in long term relationships and marriages are struggling too. you know, that's the thing that we forget about that, you know, it's not one and done in terms of finding a long term partner or a spouse. There are significant struggles that happen in these relationships throughout our lives. And the best way that we can be handling them and dealing with them is having a really secure grasp on who we are, what makes us feel good and safe, and what's important to us in dealing with another person. So I hope that is helpful and good luck out there. You know, write back and let me know how it's going for both of you. 
And for that first reader who that guy said where lots of white lies are cropping up, you don't need him. That guy is going to cause you more stress than anything else and doesn't sound like he is taking ownership of his own shit. So there's plenty of other dudes out there. They always say it, but it's true. So go forth, have fun, check in. Are you having a good time? You know, and if you're not having a good time, just take a break from dating. You can go back when you feel a little more secure in it. All right, everybody, that's the end of today's podcast. So we're going to be taking a break and season two will be coming in a couple of months and it will be all about shame and self-esteem. Lots of different topics from shame around body image to shame around familial issues to shame around work stuff to shame around personal stuff. If you have any thoughts or topics or questions on shame and self-esteem, please head to tinyletter.com slash Andrews or find me on Instagram, Katherine Andrews. You can also discover my coaching services at katherinedandrews.com. I'm a holistic personal development coach, basically means I help people sort of get unstuck in any sort of issue that they're facing, maybe when they just need a little bit of guidance or some suggestions on how to move forward in their life. And I have a variety of services that I offer. So that's it. Have a great week. And I'll see you all next time.